Strictly Baseball. I am Jacob Brown. We are coming off a tremendous wild card series weekend in baseball. The divisional series are here. Rory's Phillies are moving on. We'll get to that a little bit later. But I, I think this weekend went as well as it could have possibly went for Major League Baseball. I'm joined by Rory Tedimer as we're going to predict the divisional series today, review the wild card series. And I, I think if this if this wild card weekend had gone, you're seeing the favored teams winning and sweeping, all home teams winning. I think people maybe would have criticized the format. I, I, this went as well as it possibly could have. You had road teams. You had underdogs winning. That's exactly what you want to see in, in any sport. You want to see the parity. And, you know, for the people that were saying, you know, certain teams don't deserve to be here, both six seeds won, the Mariners and the Phillies, and then they absolutely deserved to be in the postseason because they won and, and, and moved on. So we'll get to those uh, a little bit later. But let's start with this series here, the New York Mets and the San Diego Padres wild card series. This was the one series that I was wrong on. Uh, I thought the Mets were going to go in here and win. Now, we talked about their strategy with Scherzer, DeGrom, how they were going to do that. It didn't really end up being a big deal because they didn't have to actually employ the strategy because they lost game one. DeGrom did not pitch terribly in game two. He was decent. He was not great. He was decent. Six innings, three earned. He, it was okay. It was not Jacob DeGrom, Cy Young Award winner type, type start. Um, but overall for the New York Mets, I think this loss – compared to all the others, and I think the Blue Jays rivals it, this is going to have the most rippling effects throughout the big leagues uh, because of this loss. This Mets team is going to be way different going into next season. I think you're going to see, I mean, Brandon Nimmo's a free agent, Edwin Diaz, Jacob deGrom, these guys, their contracts are up. They're going to have to figure this stuff out, and are they going to replace the – we know Steve Cohen has the money, but – I think I don't know if you agree with me, Rory. I think the Mets losing is is the biggest deal out of all the wild card series. Yeah, I mean they were easily the biggest upset I think of the weekend. Uh, the Mets I had winning. Yeah, I'm not gonna not gonna say I didn't. I had them winning the series, but I am unbelievably happy that they lost. Uh, there's no doubt about it. Uh, the Mets fans, the Mets fans, they are uh, the saddest on the planet Earth right now. And honestly, I don't even want to talk trash to them. I feel bad. Uh, it's something that I just knew would happen. The Mets are going to met. Uh, it always happens. And you, you feel bad for them. It really is. I mean, Nathan Fielder, that one after game one, him being on the big screen, I don't know if you saw that video, but that was one of the funniest videos I've ever seen. They put this guy on the big screen and it's literally like, they're losing like six nothing, and he's like a celebrity. Is the most monotone <laughs> face ever. You could see like he's like, "Are you kidding me right now? This shit again?" Uh, there's yeah. nothing better. And yeah, I didn't realize how many free agents they have coming up. That's a, that's a giant loss. It's an absolutely huge loss. Uh, and I gotta say, the smarter team was the Padres holding off Musgrove, uh, not throwing him against Degrom is one of the smarter moves uh, that I think is getting underplayed here this weekend. He was absolutely dominant in game three, a complete mismatch against Bassett. Uh, it's just a much smarter move. And honestly, I wasn't expecting it. Uh, the Padres' bats were hitting, and I, I don't know if they'll continue that in the next series, but it is a uh, it's, it was an interesting one to see. I wish I could have watched the final out and to see all the Mets fans just quivering. Uh, I wish I could have been there to see it, uh, but I was not. I was away, away from the TV. 
And, uh, yeah, I got to say, that is a big one, and it could have some huge repercussions, for sure. I mean, I don't know if the ground's going to come back. I really don't. Uh, it's, it's a big thing to watch. I really, I really think it's going to be a big one to watch. Yeah, I, I mean, not only that, but Nimmo, if you lose him, the center field depth in the big leagues is, is thin, to say the least. So what's going to happen there? Uh, you, what are they going to do a catcher? Are they going to promote the 20-year-old? You have Brett Beatty. Of the 20-year-old Francisco Alvarez, you have Brett Beatty that's a prospect, but you signed Eduardo Escobar to a three-year deal. He under, underperformed except for September. What are, what are the moves going to be here? I mean, defensively, Starling Marte is a negative defender. Pete Alonso is a negative defender. Are they looking for improvements defensively maybe? I, I, I don't know what you could even do to a Mets roster that looked pretty damn good. I think the bullpen's the glaring issue. Adam Adovino was – how I remembered him with the Yankees. It's why they got rid of him because in the postseason, A, he takes forever in between pitches when there's jams, and B, he can't throw strikes. And he so people kind of know what he's going to give you. He's that wipeout slider and, and the cutter strike that he gets in there. And you pretty much know on two strikes, he's going to go that slider low and away, and everyone knows it's coming. And, and so Adovino's out there. And other than Edwin Diaz, you're really not scared of anyone in that Mets bullpen. Now, bullpens as a whole are pretty weak in baseball, too. Can you even blame that on the Mets? It's the best of what they could possibly form. But it, it really, I mean, the, the ripple effects that this will have. And, and look, I've heard rumors DeGrom could end up going to Atlanta with the payroll that they have. I mean, I think we even floated it out last week. If he goes to your division rival, that's probably one of the best five-man rotations I've ever seen. Charlie Morton would be your five. Soroka's probably traded. Ian Anderson probably traded. Uh, that would be incredible. But the, the saving grace for the Mets, I think, is Steve Cohen. He's got the money. And at the end of the day, people chase the money. Now, I think what affects it a little bit is, let's be real, Tyree Kill. Now, now it's a little different in, the, in, the, in Major League Baseball because the, the, the Marlins and the Rays don't pay anybody money. But there's other states without income tax. Tyree Kill chose the Dolphins over the Jets because of New York State income tax. He didn't want millions of dollars being taken out of his contract that could absolutely affect things too so uh we'll see but yeah Mets uh it, it's going to be an incredible offseason to watch what do they do I mean they've got the bag but do the players actually want to go there we'll see now moving on to another team that massively choked in the wild card series the, C the the Toronto Blue Jays at home something they hyped up the whole season they missed by a, a game last year making the wild card. They get their home field. They make it. Everything's great in Toronto. And what do you know? They lose both games at home. They're up 8-1 to one in game two. They lose 10-9. I mean, what else are you going to say about Toronto? And I think that Toronto's a team. I mean, you, I forgot, by the way, last week to even say the predictions that Steve and I had at the beginning of the season. But one of mine was Toronto winning the division. And I think that they got absolutely exposed in the playoffs, number one. The Barrios signing was terrible from day one. I criticized that, even though I said they would win the division. He was terrible against the AL East his entire career. Comes in this year, five-plus ERA. doesn't even get a playoff start. He's out of the picture. Yunjin Ryu's injured. You have Ross Stripling as your three, which good good season. It's cute, but he's a, a five-and-die guy. You're not intimidated by him as your three. And the bullpen's weak around Romano. You're not scared of anyone out there. And defensively. Bichette is horrific. Vladimir Guerrero is bad. Lourdes Gurriel is a bad left fielder. 
Teoscar Hernandez is a bad right field. They have four positions on that field that cannot defend. You don't have the best bullpen pitching, and run prevention is a problem for Toronto, clearly, and it bit them in the ass. Yeah, you know, I I, I, I got to say, I did call it. I said that the Mariners would sweep. Uh, it's not the way I thought it would because Robbie Ray did not pitch as well. Uh, but I did say that the Mariners would sweep, and I was I'm never I was never scared of the Blue Jays. Yeah, like congrats, you got a good offense, but that pitching was never was never really shiny to me. I never really bought into it. And you're right, the Barrios signing was one of the worst signings I've ever seen. He stinks. Uh, and then I also gotta say the man managerial. Uh, I called it right away. The minute I saw Romano coming into the game of the eighth inning, I said, this is not going to go the way they think. You're going to try and yeah. get him. You're not going to try and get him to throw a few innings here. Uh, that's never good. You can never bring in your closer earlier than the ninth. It just doesn't work out. Uh, you saw it with Helsley uh, for the Cardinals as well. You can't do it. You cannot ask him to do that. And what do you know? He, I mean, he blows it up. Uh, they loads the bases. How about a little chatter with Bichette and George Springer? Uh, you get Springer out of here on a stretcher all because you didn't talk. Uh, it's bad. That's really bad. That's how you lose a game, uh, doing stuff like that. But I definitely think they were they were outplayed by the Mariners, a younger team that wanted it way more. And, uh, you know, a team that I honestly think just has better pitching. And I don't know if they'll do anything against the Astros, but I think they were clearly – they should have been the favorites against a Blue Jays team where I think they just out like, easily had better pitching. Uh, and there was like not even crossing my mind offense less, but uh, the pitching I think was really the the difference maker there. Yeah, and they and they're even situated with throwing George Kirby for that final inning. They've still got Logan Gilbert for game one. It's a deep rotation, or they could throw out Marco Gonzalez. Probably not. I would I would go Gilbert. Way better season to me, but you know maybe vet experience. You never know. Uh, on the road in Houston's tough to ask a rookie to go game one. I mean, you never know. But also, I don't want Marco thrown with that short fence in left field uh, against all those hitters. I don't want that in the playoffs either. So probably Gilbert. But, yeah, I mean, the Mariners, they have heart. And that that's what pushed them through it. They have heart, and they're not cocky about it, whereas the Blue Jays were cocky the entire season. Uh, they got in so many bench brawls throughout the season. They kept acting like in the clubhouse, like, oh, we don't care. We're not going to let anyone get to us. And then the, the next day, they're in a, in, in a, a brawl. Like, they, they cared. Uh, they let noise get to them. And I, I heard this criticism from uh, Trevor Plouffe. He said, we can't really call them the baby Jays anymore. I mean, these these are – they've been there, done that. They have their experience now, and they choked. So they got to come back next year and, and massively improve. And, and to me, it starts with maybe really even trade a T. Oscar Hernandez, who down year offensively, maybe you get a team that's like, oh, maybe he will – maybe he'll go back to a 40-homer guy – and you get a starting pitcher for a guy like that or, or a bunch of relievers or something because some of these negative defenders have to not play the field and and maybe you get another first baseman and put Vladdy at DH because he's a bad defensive for Like, these things have to change. And I'm even starting to think, like, Bo Bichette, I love how he finished the season. 290, he hits bombs, he steals bases, all that. He was, I mean, the errors, the advanced defensive metrics, like, he was a minus 16 uh, DR, that's terrible. I mean, you can't be doing that at shortstop. And and what really showed to me about how bad he was, Matt Chapman went from, I believe, a 10 OAA to like a 2 this year. And Matt Chapman is a tremendous defender. That's probably because he's worried about what Bo Bichette's doing next to him 
And it's like, well, I got to worry about him and cover his ground if he fucks up. So, uh, but yeah, Toronto's got some problems. Great for Seattle. uh, And we'll preview that series in a little bit. The next series, we got Rays and Guardians. I called this one. I loaned on this one. I said the Guardians would sweep. The Rays can't hit. I, I just didn't see what they'd have going for them. A Rosarena had a good season. Wander Franco had half a season and played well, but not amazingly. And other than that, there was, you know, Yandy Diaz, respectful season. Other than that, there's nothing there. And and you could tell they scored one run in the entire series. And and the pitchers were fantastic. McClanahan, Glasnow, the bullpen, the whole nine yards. I said the whole seed, the Rays whip pitchers out of their ass. I mean, they, they do it all the time. They got like 30 pitchers in their system that are all good. Uh, but that's not good enough when you can't hit. And, and I know everyone says it's all about pitching, but you got to be able to score runs when it counts. And even the Guardians, I mean, they couldn't they, – they scored three runs. The, it's not like they were fantastic either, but their pitching was fantastic. They just edged the Rays by just enough. Very similar teams. Uh, and I think the better team won because the Guardians are better defensively. I think they're just a better uh, uh, overall team than the Rays and, and better offensively too. Yeah, no, I mean, watching that game that goes 15 innings uh, and just seeing reliever after reliever throw 100 mile per hour with 95 mile per hour sliders was honestly just killer for me. I was like, where, where, this is where they've all been hiding. At that point, the Phillies would have been, if they were at the point of 15 innings, the Phillies would have been throwing Nick fucking Nelson out there against the rest <laughs> of the team. And then Andrew Bellotti, and it would have been gross. This time we were actually seeing in the 15th inning, you're throwing 99, and I'm just like, what is happening? Uh, and I knew it would be the person to throw that's going to throw 91 or and just throw it down the plate that's going to lose. And sure enough, the Rays had to bring in Corey Kluber, of all people, who is far past his prime days against his older team. Uh, he played him the week before, and uh, you know he just throws it right down the plate. And Oscar, uh, Oscar was it Gonzalez? Yeah. Oscar Gonzalez, yeah. He's not going to let that slide, and absolutely pimps one. Uh, but yeah, it was a good series. Um, I'm I'm kind of glad the Guardians won. Uh, I think they I think they could actually put a scare in uh, the Yankees. I don't know, just to see the fire they had. I don't know, but uh, I thought the Rays would do something. I think I had the Rays winning. I, I'd have to go back and check that, but I thought the Rays would you know just sneak up like they always do. Um, maybe it was the pressure. Well, of having, maybe it was the pressure of having Steve on there and just saying, Nah, the Rays not going to win this one, buddy. <laughs> but uh, I. I- so I so Steve's not here today. He's got uh, he had plans tonight, but he is not here because uh, the, the Rays lost. That they, he's not moping or anything like that. But uh, I clipped the part of the pod from last week where he said, uh, "If we're being realistic, do I think the Rays are going to win in two? Yeah, the Rays will win in two. And I clipped it and sent it in our group chat, and he responded and he said. Uh, Rays baseball. I don't care if we move to Montreal. He's he's lost right now. As Ray, I, I pray for him. He's he's accepting Montreal now. Like I feel bad, uh, but uh, you know. But listen, I'm glad the Guardians won too. Just basically from a uh, visual standpoint, I don't want to watch a freaking playoff game in Tampa Bay again. I just don't. I like uh, the Cleveland crowd was awesome. I want that to be a playoff. Act. I don't want that dome with what would probably almost definitely be 70% Yankee fans filling up the trot in the ALDS, which I probably would have went. So but uh, that would have been fun, but uh, I'm bad luck there. Uh, let's to say the least. Now let's move on to your boys right here. I, I got to say this major league baseball on their Twitter. 
they posted the four pictures of all teams on the mound taking their clinch picture, you know, the group picture, everyone happy. The Phillies, when I looked at all the Phillies, I was like, that's a bunch of Rory Tedemers, right? They have the Rory Tedemer vibe on their faces. I was like, this this team's the vibe. They honestly, to me, they had the most lit of the four pictures. Yeah, no, I mean, they were they were hyped, especially uh, – I don't even know if you saw the video. Gene Segura hopping in late and then just laying on the ground. He's yeah. he's down there for like 20 seconds and then gets up after the picture stadium. Let's go party and runs into the dugout and runs into the clubhouse. Yeah, he's up there with his arms up like uh, praising. No, that is a that is a good flick. I love Nick Castellanos too at the end. I feel like he's like not like a big party, not in the middle. He's just on the end, you know, uh, just chilling and looking like a stud, even though he's stinking right now. But uh, I I said sweep, right? I said sweep. Um, uh, I didn't think yeah, it was, you did. I didn't think it would happen like that in game one. Uh, I thought the bats I, were going to come was... out hot. Yeah. I thought the bats were going to come out hot against uh, Quintana. It did not happen like that. It needed a, uh absolute collapse from a Cardinals bullpen that I didn't know much about. Uh, I didn't even know who this Hellsley guy was. And then, uh, you know, he started off. I mean, his first impression of me is him blowing the game for the Phils. So that's how it will always be remembered. Uh, but it's it was great. It was great. I can't say anything else. It was great to see. Uh, you should have seen my reaction when Harper absolutely spit on one thrown by Miles Michaelis. Uh, I was – you can't hang that to me, Miles. You cannot hang that to me. 76 down the cock, right to, right to Harper. Don't let me get back in a groove. And, uh, you know, it was good. I mean, Wheeler was what I thought he would be. Nola was what I thought he would, what, thought he would be. Uh F1, I guess, hung in, although he kind of made it scary in both games uh, in that closer role. I'll be interested to see how that goes. But, yeah, no, I'm glad that we're actually a part of, like, the next round. Like, be, yeah, we could say we're a top eight team. Yeah, I mean, that's cool. It's a cool feeling, and uh, you're in the, the playoffs playoffs now. So you'll get your home game. The Mariners will get their home game after so many years. I mean, that stadium in Seattle is going to be – insane uh it's gonna be crazy to see but uh yeah the phillies what did i say before the series started i said i don't like a team where i can't look at your game one starter and say he's gonna go more than five innings quintana was pitching well yeah. they still pull him because they sabermetrics don't want him facing the lineup the third time through what happens the bullpen choke they lose the game now well it almost worked it was helsley the one that that finished you know it was fine, uh, inning six, seven, and eight. Inning nine is where that plan went wrong. And listen, I mean, Helsley, 1.64 ERA, can you blame him? But that's playoff baseball. And then uh, next day, Miles Michaelis <laughs> doesn't scare me. I mean, Aaron Nola against Michaelis, I mean, that's what we were saying. though. And, and why I was so astonished why the Phillies were not more favored. How do you how do you deny those two pitching matchups going in? And, and I get – the game one, technically, if you're being technical, Wheeler lost the the starting pitcher matchup, if you will, because Quintana didn't give up a run. But they still won those two games. So I, I don't know, uh, but uh, Phillies are going to be a strong team moving forward. I, I I can tell you that. Yeah, no, I mean, I took two bad beats on the betting in betting just because I didn't take the bet. Uh, plus 110 for the Phillies entire series. Uh, I wish I t- I wish I took that like in like the ninth inning of the game. I would probably would have been even higher for them to actually win the series. But uh, 
And then I had game two, I was eyeing Bryce Harper plus 1,000 for first home run of the game. And sure enough, he hit it. And I was like, oh, my God. I would have made so much money. Uh, tough, tough beat by me. Either way, you talk about how this setup is – it was good. It was interesting to see the three-game series. But there is not a single matchup where the away team is going to be favored in pitching-wise. It's going to be Max Fried versus Ranger Suarez for the Braves-Phillies. Mariners-Astros is Verlander-Gilbert. That's just experience versus non-experience, and Verlander's probably the Cy Young for the AL. Yankees, it's Garrett Cole versus Cal Quantrill. I, I don't need to say any more there. And then Dodgers, Padres, is Urias versus Clevenger. Uh, they, by and far, they're all really like far away from those matchups and what they should be for any game one. Uh, at that point, I would say that the new setup is kind of kind of slacking because I, do, I don't like that the team that is already a heavy underdog is going to be hurting that much more because they got to throw their three or four starter right now uh, because they just had to play a few more games. Uh, it, I, I think it could be very interesting the way it plays out because it could actually benefit these teams later in the series. Sure, you might get that early jump, and um, maybe all these teams get the early jump and they beat the three-starter in game one. But if you're telling me that maybe Shane Bieber is going to face uh, the three of the Yankees in this series, well, wait a second. you know, So that's a game five, game six matchup where all of a sudden, and we talked about Aaron Nola in game three. He's going to face off against Charlie Morton as opposed to Max. Well, that might be an automatic – we're not you can never say automatic, but heavily favored matchup home game win for the Phillies. And so it could actually end up being that, although everyone, if they had the choice, would go game one versus game one, game two versus game two, that it could actually end up being that it could benefit you later on, even if you take the hit at first. Yeah, no, you're right. I mean, that definitely is something. Uh, and I'd be interested to see how that game four oh no, it is it's back to back. So games three, four, and five, they're all in a row, aren't they? What I'm seeing is that, well, most teams are getting their game ones in the game two. Yes. So. But, I mean, that means if I go game four, Rangers not going to be ready for game four. So, I'm going to have to throw out some bum. It's probably going to be Bailey Falkers. I think, right? There's only one. So, I mean, he'd be throwing Tuesday, and then it's Wednesday, Wheeler, off day, Nola, You'd be getting, I, getting like four nights. Which is that enough? I don't know. Yeah, you'd have Ranger if he's on five days rest would be game five. So yeah, that's crazy. And I would not feel happy doing that. I mean, you at that point if you're game five, you're saying, "Hey, Wheeler, you're giving me your best on four nights." Now I will say this: if you're going to do it this way with the pitching and the and the lining it up this way, everyone should be formatted the same way because. Mm-hmm. The, the Phillies and the Braves are playing Tuesday, Wednesday, off day, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. The Sunday, Yankees. Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Right. The Yankees play Tuesday, off day, Wednesday, Thursday, off day, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. That's yeah. not fair yeah. to everyone else. Fair. That's the AL. The AL is getting that, not the NL. Right. That's not fair at all. I don't like that. Yeah, no. That's what I'm saying. Like, I. You're going to have to ask me to throw Wheeler 
on four days rest if it does go to a game five. And he's at it's something I'd do. If I'm the coach, I'm doing it regardless. I can't throw Ranger out there twice. I'd maybe I'd throw I'd throw Wheeler and Ranger together. That's a possibility. Uh maybe you just have Wheeler go a few. Um but hey, it's it's tough because if that's where the man manage like that's where your manager's got to be able to make that play, make that call. Uh, Rob Thompson yeah. signed to a two-year contract. I mean, that's the most contract. I, that's like the perfect contract of, our, all right, you did it. Let's see if you can actually keep doing it. Uh, yes. I wouldn't be shocked to only see that go a year. If he stinks next year, yeah. I already don't agree with some of his calls. But if he stinks next year, I could see him just already getting the cam kicked to him. Like, if you don't make the playoffs next year again, you're probably out of there. Uh, right. So, I mean, that's just the, that contract where, hey, we're putting a little faith in you. We can see the players rally around you, but let's make sure you can actually do it first. Uh, either way, it's going to be interesting, and we'll get into that in our previews. But, yeah, it's going to be. As far as those previews go, I'll start off with Steve's prediction since he's not here. Uh, he, he's going with the Padres in seven, the Braves in six, the Yankees in five, and the Astros in six. So starting with that, we're already talking about this Phillies Braves series. How do you think it's going to go? We're starting with Phillies Braves. I guess so. Cause we were just talking about it. I get you know segue it in. You know, I mean we wait in six. Isn't only a, uh, you only have to win three. You know what, Steve is uh, Steve's. Wow, yeah, Steve should know better. I should have known better. Reverbero. <laughs> wow, he probably meant. Yeah, what does he mean? I didn't even catch that. That's ridiculous. So, okay, let's just take it at Padres in five. If he has the Braves in six, let's just take the winners. Uh, in G, he has Padres, Braves, Yanks, Astros uh, as his winners. So, uh, there you go. What What do you have? Uh, I, there's got to be a sweep somewhere. There's going to be one. And uh, at least there's going to be a game in four. There's not going to be. They're not all going to go five, as much as I think they will. Um, I, I, as a Phillies fan, as a faithful Phillies, I, I'll get to the Phillies last. Padres are losing to the Dodgers. There's no doubt about it. They're the little brother. There's not a doubt in my mind. I think that's the one that could be a sweep, uh, but I'm going to go Dodgers in four. I'm going Dodgers in four. The Padres squeak out one. And I am going to say it's probably going to be against Gonsolin. Uh, if he's throwing out there, I just think he stinks. Uh, He's the most hittable out of them. I think it's going to be against Gotham. So then, Dodgers in four. Astros next. I think that the Mariners will pull one out or not. I think the Astros are a far better team. And if you're going to throw Gilbert versus Verlander, I think that's a loss in in Houston. I think Fromber versus Luis Castillo, that's a great matchup. They win game two. In in Houston? Yeah. Against Fromber? I don't know, dude. They just won in Toronto. That crowd is brutal. Houston's way better than Toronto. I mean, it's pretty close. I mean, Toronto gets pretty loud. If Fromber loses game two, that opens the series up. That opens it right up. And then it's McCullers in game three in Seattle. I can see them winning that one. And that would be Robbie Ray, though. Yeah, I get no. I get. I think. I think the if the, if the Blue Jays can hit Robbie Ray, then I think the Astros can. 
Um, God, but that's Christian Javier versus Robbie Ray. Oh, no, that's McCullers versus Robbie Ray. Right. And then Javier's probably out of the bullpen. Yeah, McCullers is getting a start. Well, just because the AL has those off days. Dude, Javier's not in the bullpen. They have Garcia and uh, Urquidy in there. So, yeah, then Javier game four against uh... – at that point, it would be probably uh, Gilbert. Gilbert again. Probably Gilbert again because of the off days. But at that point, you might be throwing Verlander again, too. I don't know. We'll I, see. I, I, one. I'm going to go Astros in four. I'm going to go Astros in four. Okay. Uh, so, Dodgers in four, Astros in four. I think I'm only going to go five, four. I'm going Yankees in five. I think the Yankees have through and through better pitching. Well, you guys are going to be throwing Cole, then Chevy, then Nestor, then who? Probably uh, Cole again. It's, it's Cole, Nestor, Chevy. Yeah. And then because you guys have that off there, that's a big difference, dude. It's a big one because they're going to get – it's going to be a three-man rotation. Tyone is being viewed out as a potential closer. Yeah. Uh, and then Herman, I don't – Herman's just going to be the long relief for any starter that blows up. Um. Yeah, I mean, the Yankees are going to be – I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll get to that in detail. But in terms of breaking it down, we'll go back to that to that Padres and, and Dodgers. And, and I'll you – know, so for me, I, Dodgers are going to win that series. I don't think – I'm with you. I, I think it will be not a sweep, but a four-gamer. Padres will take one, probably a home game. Uh, but the Dodgers – they're the Dodgers. I mean, let's just be honest. They, they, they are – too loaded to lose that series. And we thought two years ago, the Padres were right at their level. They have proven two years in a row that I don't think they are impressive to beat the Mets, but the Dodgers are a totally different animal. And uh, I think it's the Dodgers in that series. I don't really think there's any much more needed explanation as far as the Mariners and the Astros. I think this is fairly clean cut as well. Astros are the overwhelmingly better team. The pitching is 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 just deeper. I mean, the Mariners are deep with, with their starting pitching, but the, the Astros are deeper, if that tells you anything. And those hitters are experienced. They have won championships. Whether they cheated or not, they, they have been in those situations and know how to handle themselves in them, uh, and you can't deny that. So they're going to win that series probably in four as well. I think, you know, it, it's interesting to say that Castillo against Fromber how I would say maybe it's a, a higher probability that the Mariners could win a road game as opposed to winning a game at that home stadium. But I just don't see them throwing up a pitcher. I mean, if you're going Robbie Ray first game, I mean, you could, first of all, you could already be down 2-0 at that point. But if you're going Robbie Ray first game at Safeco, I think that's an L. Uh, he, he just blew up. And, and the one where the, the one area where the Blue Jays can say they they won against the Mariners is choosing to pay Gosman over Robbie Ray. That's the only place where the Blue Jays were right. But uh, yeah, Astros will win. And as for the Yankees, I mean, I think they will win as well. I mean, logic tells you that they are the better team, but this isn't as clear cut as I think the other ones are. I think the Yankees have holes. They don't have a closer right now. They don't. They they have a bunch of bullpen pitchers right now that are that have not pitched in weeks. Clay Holmes has not pitched in weeks. Wandy Peralta has not pitched. Lucas Litke has been overworked. Uh, Ron Marinaccio, one of our better pitchers, is injured. Uh, Jonathan Lewisaga, up and down. Lou Trevino, up and down. Scott Efros, up and down. 
the bullpen, while it has a lot of names, and while over the last few weeks they've had quite the roster crunch in terms of they have three or four guys that would make a lot of – I mean, three or four guys that would be in the Phillies' bullpen right now that the Yankees are leaving off their postseason roster. Uh, You know, the Albert Abreus, the Miguel Castros, 100-mile-per-hour flamethrowers or 90-mile-per-hour-mile sliders that are not in there. But it's just because even though there's a lot of names, it's who can you trust at what time – and this is where Aaron Boone, he's going to have to show his managerial skills, I think, for the first time. Because every other year it's mapped out 7-8-9, boom, boom, boom. This year we don't know 7-8-9. So that, that's a concern that the Yankees have never really had in the postseason before. They always invested in the bullpen post-Mariano, and we know how it was with Mariano. It was lockdown. So this is a new thing for the Yankees, not being locked down in the ninth inning. I am confident in the starting rotation. I am, although at the same time, nervous about Garrett Cole. He gave up the most home runs in the major leagues this season. He also had the most strikeouts. So that's a lot of boomer bust with Garrett Cole. Short ports to right field. You got Jose Ramirez and Josh Naylor to deal with. They both had 20-plus bombs. That's a little nerve-wracking. Now, Stephen Kwan, not a, not a uh, power threat, but another lefty that he'll have to deal with. Andre Jimenez another lefty that he'll have to deal with. That's four lefties in the lineup with the short ports, with three of them being able to take you bridge at any time. That concerns me. I think Nestor neutralizes that a little bit, and I actually think very sneakily the Yankees are saying we would rather have Nestor Cortez pitch against Shane Bieber than Garrett Cole because Nestor Cortez was far and away the better pitcher this year, and it wasn't close. So it's very interesting that the Yankees were able to still say Garrett Cole's our number one starter, but we're not throwing up them up against the other number one. Very sneaky, I think, by the Yankees. Uh, the Chapman situation. Very classic case of kick sand. Oraldis Chapman, he uh, had the idea that he may not be on the postseason roster. They said everyone needs to show up at Yankee Stadium, work out, throw BPs, prove that you can be on the roster. You're a major league player. Show up. Do your job. Chapman said, no thanks. He went home to Miami. Aaron Boone told him to stay home. He's done. His Yankee career is over. Uh, and, and you know what? I think it is addition by subtraction. First of all, he is a cancer on the clubhouse. A lot of reports from insiders saying he's pretty much a dick. Nobody likes him in the clubhouse. He lost the closer role and moped around for the rest of the season. I mean, Aaron Boone said we were wondering the whole year, is he in or is he out? You can't have that on a championship season. Number two, he stunk all season. Number three, he is the centerpiece moment. His smiling, grim face is the center of every walk-off home run that the Yankees have given up since 2017. Get out of New York. I never want to see your face again, Araldis Chapman. So that's out of the way. I think it's a good thing for the Yankees. But as far as how they're going to play in this divisional series, what it's going to depend on really is the hitting because I think the pit, the starting pitching will be there. I think if they give you length, you, you can figure it out. I know I just said, who can you trust in what spots? I think they'll find people because the Guardians' offense is not really there there. The offense is going to be the problem for the Yankees. Josh Donaldson under 700 OPS, but he's good for defense. Isaiah Conner-Falefa can't really hit. Glaber Torres had a great finish, terrible August. Jose Trevino, your catcher position, can't hit. Center field, Bader, can't hit. So you're basically depending on Judge, Glaber being hot, Rizzo, 
Stanton somehow catching fire when he hasn't been really that since pre-All-Star break. And, and I think a lot of people want to just jump to Yankees when this offense has to click. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, you, you make all great points. And I just think the fact that you are the Yankees and you're facing a smaller team like Cleveland, uh, you, you have to come through. I don't think Judge can have the season that he did and not come through in the NLDS. Like you gotta, you gotta make it there. There's no way, there's no way you guys can't make it there. And I think you have the upper hand in pitching. Uh, if you, especially with the fact that you'll be throwing, not once but twice, will you be throwing Garrett Cole versus Cal Quantrill? Is that's gonna be the matchup twice? Theoretically, um, but off days you never know. But theoretically, yeah. I mean, it's uh, if if we're being real though, Cal Quantrill is not a bad pitcher. Just to me, he is. If you guys can't I mean, hit Cal Quantrill, then get out the he, he, he had a lower ERA than Garrett Cole. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, it's, it's close. It's I, close. I think I'm with, I'm with you with the judge point that you have to advance. First of all, the team has to – you can't lose anymore. This is too long. Uh, of complacency of no championships for the Yankees. That This is since 09 at this point. But judge the way that he's viewed. And, and, you know, I've watched a lot of superstars roll through that team. Derek Jeter, Mariano Rivera. Those guys were awed because of what they had done. Their, their farewells in their career, you expect that. I have never seen a player unanimously awed at and loved and appreciated than Aaron Judge by teammates. Like, those guys, they love the dude. Like, they, no, I've heard no bad words. They say he's the best teammate in the world. Aaron Boone goes on interviews and he says, this guy, uh, his number one goal is not even about, you know, the performance. It's how can I be the best teammate every day? And the team, like, I mean, when he had his 60th home run, you know, Mark DeRosa said on MLB Network, he's like, there's always that one guy in the clubhouse that might not be rooting for you. Every face in that clubhouse, when he, Josh Donaldson, accomplished vet, he doesn't have to, he's a, everyone hates Josh. He didn't have to go out there and jump around like a little kid. So I think it's a real thing. There's vibes around what Aaron Judge is doing right now because it's special and you, and you follow special. Yeah, no, that's, I mean, but, but I was trying to get to that. He can't. He's got. He's got to pull through, and everyone's got to rally behind him. That's your. That's your piece right now. Uh, I do think this is going to be the best series. I do, because uh, the Guardians. I feel like just aren't going to back down. I think Tristan McKenzie's going to pull one off against you guys. Uh, oh, he might. I think he might. I think he is. Uh, Beaver might too. Uh-uh. <laughs> yeah, but I think you guys went in five. Like, what do you have? It'll be in five. I don't think it's in four. I think it'll be in five. And it's going to be very close. I think people are going to be surprised that the Yankees, uh, they're not going to be scoring five runs a game. I just don't see it. It's going to be scratch and claw. But they're going to score more than the Rays did. So, I mean, I guess that's a plus. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that'll be interesting. I mean, well, let's let's get into the next one. Let's get into the next one. The one, the only one we haven't predicted. I don't know where I want to go with this. 
Yeah, well, I'll, I'll go for. I mean, I, I listen. I'm I've been with you for for weeks on this pod, pulling for the Phillies to make the playoffs. Like I've loved the journey. I've picked them in the in the wild card series. It's too tough. I apologize. They're going down to the Braves. They're too good. In how many? I, I have the Braves, I have the Braves potentially beating the Dodgers. So it's not it's not the Phillies. It's the Braves are the Braves. I think that pitching is too good. I think that lineup is too deep. It's all nine hitters hit. And, you know, even left field with Robbie Grossman and Rosario that are meh, they can still run into one. Like, I mean, that, that's nine guys you got to worry about. And, the, and then all the pitchers are good. So if Strider is not there in game four, I think his health is the entire series. If he is not there in game four, and I'm actually, like, sad, like, oh, my God, the Phillies have to throw out a Bailey Falter, or, a, or a, God forbid, if they have to throw out Kyle Gibson or Noah Syndergaard, that'd be the wrong choice. But if they throw out a Bailey Falter who's pitched well, and he's pitched well against the Braves, and you have to throw Jake Odorizzi against me, I think that's a trap game, especially in Philadelphia. That's a, that's a close one. So, Yes, I think the Phillies should lose this, but the way the matchups are really looking right now, I think it's going to be a lot closer than people think. It just matters if we can handle their offense and if our offense can come together. Right now, the offense is kind of coming together. Uh, you know, they're still they're still not getting the job done all the time. That two nothing victory should have been a lot bigger. Uh, should have been a way bigger lead, um, but they still still did enough. And I just think the fact that you're now playing at home, there's no way we're getting swept. There's absolutely no shot because this is a crowd that's going to be absolutely riled up. And it's going to be Charlie Morton in there, game one, who might be a, who might be a stone-cold killer, but yeah. in a game, game one in Philly, so game three. Uh, I feel like he is veteran enough to be able to handle that, but – the fact that game four could rely on Jake Odorizzi, I still think there's a mismatch there. And then game one, you got to go back. It's probably probably Freed and it's probably going to be Freed and uh, Wheeler. But it's 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 going to be a lot closer than I thought. It's starting. I just think that the matchups that the Phillies could have. Uh, would favor them a little bit. And it just really is going to depend on the offense, as every series will. Uh, I don't want to say I don't want to say that I'm predicting the Phillies. Uh, I'm just saying it should be closer than people will think. And, I, I mean, what do you think? I just gave you some matchups that if Strider is not there, this series is changing. Well, you're, you're not just a crazy Phillies fan. You cleared the lane out there. I mean, if you win game one, which is a not favored matchup, the sky's the limit as far as I'm concerned. That clears out the, the whole series changes if you win that game because, like you said, you get NOLA game three in a technically favored matchup, and you, you said maybe Morton's a stone-cold killer. Yeah, I mean, I'm not a crazy Phillies fan at all. Uh, Dave Bishop called me an idiot on, on Instagram. Uh, say, I would say he's intelligent, but he's a Phillies fan. So there's no, there's no doubt about that. Come on. I am – Please don't tell me I froze again. Are you there? Oh, fuck. <laughs> I can hear you. I can hear you.
I'm not just some crazy, dumb Phillies fan. Uh, some Philly fan that just has no idea what they're talking about. I'm smart. I'm smarter than a lot of baseball fans out there. I'd say I'm the smartest. Uh, and Dave Bishop, on Instagram, publicly on the Forest City Owls thing, said that I was not intelligent because I'm a Phillies fan. Well, let me tell you this, Dave. I think the Braves should be a lot scarier than they are right now for the Phillies. And this is... The Braves series to lose. Philly's got nothing to lose. They already won their matchup. They won the NLDS. They made it farther than a fucking mess. Uh, that's a win for us. This is a trap series for the Braves. And there's no doubt about it. Yes, you should take Freed over Ranger in game one. Game two is absolutely Wheeler over uh, Kyle Wright. I don't care how many games Kyle Wright can win. It's Wheeler over Wright. Nola over Morton. Game four, if Strider is not there, this series changes. And it to throw Bailey Falter against Jake Odorizzi, I'll take the Phillies still. I'll take Falter over Odorizzi. There's no there's no chance Odorizzi is getting through our lineup. I, I, can, I would say that. In Philly, he'd have to do that too, Odorizzi. In Philly. There's a Philly crowd is going to be going nuts. I might be there. There we go. For all I know. If it's game four, Odorizzi, if it's game four, Odorizzi versus Bailey Falter, I'm going to be going berserk. <laughs> Holy cow. <laughs> really crazy. Uh, but either way, I Dave Bishop's an idiot for calling me an idiot. That's all I got. <laughs> oh, Dave Bishop. There's no doubt about it. Oh, man. We will see, man. So, uh, man, playoffs start tomorrow. Well, we're recording this Monday night. So, when you're listening to this, it'll be the morning of the playoffs. Games start at 1 o'clock with your fills. You'll be at work again. I mean, it's just unfair, but – just how stuff works sometimes, but I'll be watching all day. I've also got Rangers opening night at the same time as the Yankees, so I'll have some double TV action going. Uh, sports heaven tomorrow night. I'm loving it. It's gonna be some nice vibes. Don't worry, Rangers will be on mute. Don't you know? I'm not. I'm baseball is the focus tomorrow night still, but uh, gotta gotta get the Rangers included too. We will see how it all plays out. I'll tell you this though, it won't be a happy championship preview pod if the Yankees are not in the championship series. So better watch out for that. You didn't say what you had though. Was it Braves and Oh. <laughs> See, the thing is, it's like if they lose game one, I'd say five games. If they win game one, I'd say four. Yeah. If it only, if, yeah. I think I'd say Braves in five. But I could also be thinking Phillies in three if they win game one. It's, 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 yeah. <laughs> it's honestly absurd. The way those matchups would go, offense completely dismayed without even thinking of it. The way those matchups would go, I'd, it'd, be, it'd be crazy. And the way Ranger pitches against the Braves is also even crazier. That's another thing too. I mean, we'll, we'll see. And Ranger will have to do it on the road for Like, that's what, like, it, it's a, it's a very unlikely game to win, but if you do, I mean, it really does, like. Don't let me do it. Don't let me do it, Dave. Don't let me win game one. Oh, man. We'll be watching. Uh, we'll have a Strictly Sports later this week, previewing and reviewing the latest in college football in the NFL. Humongous college football weekend coming up. You got Penn State, Michigan, Alabama, Tennessee. Those are the games we wait for all season. We'll have another Backyard Bets, giving our picks for the games as well. Tyler and I will be back at it. We have a Strictly Hockey from a few weeks ago where Adam 
and and CJ and I previewed the NHL season. You can take a look at that before the season starts today because you'll be listening to it today. And for this edition of Strictly Baseball, I am Jacob Brown. Thank you, Rory, for coming on once again. And, man, we, we might be to- two totally different human beings by the next time we do a Strictly Baseball. We'll see you next time.